Hey, the start of something special right here, man. Let's go. Number one fantasy player right here. Got past the line. Shut up. Know the rules. I just want to say this to you. Right now, best in the game. I know. Welcome, everyone, to Pod After Touchdown. I am your host, Andrew Mackins, joined by my co-host, Sam Hoppen, and we're about to review a wacky week in fantasy football. Is that right, Sam? Yeah, it sure is. We are back live together again after my expedition out to the East Coast, Boston. Got Boston! My, got my ass kicked properly by the TB12 method, did a... Uh, couple of uh, workout classes in the morning there and realized that I don't use about 98% of my muscles in my body. <laughs> uh, so so I think tell, us, tell us a little bit more I, of what that is. I think I'm I saw that still a little sore um, from it, to be completely honest. But, you know, it's all about pliability and flexibility and pliability and being able to be fit and pliability. Um <laughs> No, it was really cool. It, so you had different stations, and it, it was just like a full body workout. Um, I like did circuit training, yeah, circuit or, uh, training, and what's it called? High intensity high interval hit. training. Hit, yeah. High intensity interval training. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a good time. Didn't run into any Patriots while they were on their bye week, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> got back to Chicago, and like you said, watched a wacky week ten. Uh, so why don't we run through a couple of things that happened this past week, because it really was just like unbelievable what happened. Like all one in seven teams won this week, which includes the Dolphins, the Jets, bad teams out there, (laughs) the Falcons, the Falcons upset the Saints, which was unbelievable. No love lost between those two teams. Um, it, it is kind of funny. So the Miami Dolphins currently have a two-game winning streak streak going. There are seven other teams that don't have a two-game winning streak at all this season. That's the <laughs> Bengals, the Browns, the Broncos, the Jets, the Redskins, the Falcons, and the Buccaneers, all without a two-game winning streak so this year. Are we saying that the Dolphins could beat any of these teams next week if I they mean, were like to play... In a vacuum, you look. I think the Bucks would beat them. But. You look at their schedule down the stretch. They have a great shot of finishing nine and seven and making the playoffs. Oh God, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm being totally facetious there. A um, couple other crazy things that happened. Cooper Cup retired early, apparently <laughs> uh, halfway through the season, which is crazy. Didn't have a single catch. Uh, I mentioned the Atlanta upset over the. Saints, in which Drew Brees didn't throw a single touchdown against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers didn't have a touchdown pass because Aaron Jones took all the touchdowns away from him. (laughs) Yeah, every time they cut to red zone, it was crazy that they just kept showing Atlanta sack after Atlanta sack. So uh, the Saints offensive line has some work to do this week. Yeah, Uh, I, I believe... It was a career high, uh, it might have been tied for a career high of sacks allowed on Drew Brees with, with six this past week, which was absolutely insane because the Atlanta defense up to that point did absolutely nothing. So if Teddy Bridgewater was in the lineup, would he have avoided some of those probably. sacks? That would have been probably. Better for the, I don't know, are the, the Saints offense? better without Drew Brees? People are asking. People <laughs> Who's are asking. to say? Who's to say? All right, let's transition to our kickoff question. 
and this game is underway. So we're only three weeks away from the playoffs starting. It honestly feels crazy that this season is like within the witching hour for us, really. Like we're in the witching hour of the fantasy regular season. And we want to talk about who are some players that would be worth stashing now to make sure you use them during the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, so I've got a couple of guys on my list. First and foremost is Darius Geis. Obviously, returning from injured reserve, he has a shot to play in Week 11, which is encouraging. You can tell that the Redskins want to run the ball. Bill Callahan is like all for establish the run and doesn't give a shit about what anyone else thinks or what oh, the yeah. analytics say. Um Obviously, Adrian Peterson was a healthy scratch in week one because they had Geist. Now, granted, that was under different leadership, but it, uh, I don't know, it, it still could be another instance uh, where Geist gets the workload. They have a pretty decent schedule down the stretch as well. Uh, another guy that I, I'm really excited about in the second half is AJ Brown. They have, the Titans have legitimately like one of the easiest if not the easiest playoff schedule uh for opposing receivers i'm gonna look it up real quick hopefully but that'll the, help uh, my titans go from to, or end up nine and seven instead of seven and nine this <laughs> yeah uh, make it to the playoffs. we'll we'll see if that actually happens um so real quick so the titans get to play Darren Sproles coming out of retirement. That's weird. <laughs> All right. So the Titans play in the playoffs. Oakland, not a great passing defense. Houston, also not a great passing defense. And the New Orleans Saints, who have been exposed in the secondary this season. So, again, a great schedule. Obviously, you talk a lot about in the preseason how rookie wide receivers struggle in the first half of seasons, but the second half is really where they get a lot of their production from. So I think he's a great candidate. And the last player, uh, or actually group of players, I'll point out is the Chiefs defense. Now, you might be scared off a little by the Patriots matchup in week 14, but if you have a bye, they play the Broncos and the Bears in weeks 15 and 16. So like, Neither of those teams should scare you. The Chiefs are averaging, I believe, over f- nearly five sacks a game over the past several games. So, like, they're making things difficult for opposing offenses, and especially with Chris Jones back, um, it's a huge help for them. All right, so I have a few players that I want to mention. If you're in a shallow league and Ronald Jones is still out there, I think he's worth stashing. Uh, I think Arizona kind of put him on the radar so it might be harder to get him if you haven't stashed him already but uh he might have some good matchups going down the stretch and get more work from Peyton Barber uh I'm interested in D.D. Westbrook and Nick Foles uh Nick Foles if you're in a 2QB league uh D.D. Westbrook more just because he's you know still hanging around on this roster he he's had some nicks and and bruises but I think he's gonna get back into the lineup and could be the popular target for Foles yeah, we talk again. We talk about schedules again. That's that's a lot of uh, a lot of what, especially streaming quarterback and defenses are about. The 
Jaguars get to play the Buccaneers in mm-hmm. Week 13. This is spicy. The, the Chargers in Week 14, which are surprisingly 25th uh, against opposing quarterbacks, but play Oakland in Week 15 and, and Atlanta in Week 16. So oh, yeah. oh, a yeah. great stretch of games, if against, especially in a two-quarterback league. Uh, Foles can be worth worth the start yeah. in the lineup. I initially saw that highlighted by at FF Ball Blast. Uh, she contributes for on Roto World, and I, I want to take a look at that. Um, I think that's you know those are some p- players that might actually be available in like a normal right. league. So good uh, people to target there. And then the last one I want to target because I stashed him last week in a fourteen team league. Darius Slayton, who has showed. Not consistently, like every week, but he has showed throughout this season that he has rapport with Daniel Jones. And in the fantasy playoffs, uh, or like weeks, I believe it's 13 through 16, um, he's got the, well, it's Eagles, Dolphins, Redskins in the fantasy playoffs. And then if you're somehow in week 17, they play the Eagles again. So some poor teams uh, that they could really light up and I think that's like a deep flex option for you uh, if you're looking to make some final adjustments to your roster. So uh, Sam has a stat on that as well. Uh, not a stat, uh, just a plug for my writing. I did a, several other playoff stash candidates. Uh, the three I mentioned were all featured in that. So encourage you all to uh, head on over to numberfire.com to check that out. But we just talked about some players that we're exciting and we're, we're excited for. Let's get into the DiGiorno players that did not deliver at all this week. I have a DiGiorno player for you here, and it's someone you drafted with your first round pick, Saquon Barkley. He had one yard rushing after playing the Jets defense, and the Jets just traded away Leonard Williams, who's supposed to be a starter for them. You got cold pizza in this start that you're gonna you're gonna play him every week, and you got bone this time. Saquon Barkley averaged 2.8 inches per carry, not <laughs> yards, inches per carry. Hey, some people say it's the inches that don't matter; it's how you use them. But in this <laughs> case, the inches do matter. You only got one fantasy point, maybe, but. You have a unique DiGiorno person for us to talk about. Yeah, uh, this is a person who's been under a lot of fire lately, and that's Freddie Kitchen and his terrible play calling. Chubb owners, I am here for you and your frustration. How do you have eight attempts from the one-yard line and don't score a single touchdown? You have 12 attempts from inside the goddamn five-yard line. That's cold pizza in the kitchen. And you can't score. Like, you've been running all over the Bills all day and can't do a single thing and get one yard? Come on, Freddie. Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) Cold pizza in the kitchen! Yeah, uh, Saquon Barkley, more like Saquon Barfley, am I right? (laughs) God damn it. I just threw my hat because that was... That that was a bad pun. I mean, that was a good pun, but... So dicky. (laughs) So let's get into what we were looking for in week 10. Some of the other wacky things that happened this past week. And I'll start off with my matchup, which was the Rams offensive line versus the Steelers defensive line. Was really looking at how this might impact the play of Jared Goff specifically. And (laughs) the Rams straight up 
got dominated. They Goff looked like about as useless as a poopy flavored lollipop. <laughs> um, my my favorite Patches O'Houlihan would say. And at this point, Goff is only streamable in super positive matchups. Yeah, I and think that if you, the, seeing the way that the Steelers defense had been playing uh, and dominating the line of scrimmage and in, in pass matchups, and the way that the Rams offensive line had been struggling. Uh, I'm glad that you picked this as a matchup to highlight because I figured this is the way it was going to go or like at least the the risk you wouldn't have wanted to play golf. I think if you did play golf, you might be an idiot. But uh, <laughs> it's just it really, I, I, I totally agree with you there that uh, golf is droppable if you haven't dropped them by this time. And at, at this point, week 13 against the Cardinals is really the only streamable matchup he's got left and I'm sure there are other players with streamable matchups in there as well as as far as the Steelers defense like you can roll with them the entire rest of the year they play Cleveland twice they have Cincinnati Arizona Buffalo and the Jets so I called this I called this when they were playing uh was it when they were playing the Dolphins probably like if they show up against the Dolphins and convincingly which they did by the end of that game you could bench them this week if you wanted, but then Cleveland, Denver, Cleveland. And now the, the, the end of their schedule looks great, too, based on how they've been performing. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be happy with them every week. I am I'm going to be happy having them on my <laughs> team. I got, I got a lot of stock in TJ Watt. So let's talk about my matchup. A lot less thrilling, oh, but the score was around the same as Rams-Steelers. Uh, and it sure was gross. Because of Matt Stafford being benched, Lions versus Bears. I think this would have been a lot more interesting if Stafford was in the lineup, just because yep. he's been having a great year, which we've mentioned before. But instead, we got Jeff Driscoll in the lineup, Blech. and he did pull out some magic at the end with like a long TD to Kenny Galladay, I believe, that really saved Galladay's performance. But beyond that, I think the Lions were pretty much a non-starter. Because of Driscoll, uh, Mitchell Trubisky somehow throws three touchdowns in this game. So, But uh, we've already said we're putting the moratorium on Bears offense for the most part. Uh, I'm sure there's still you know flex-worthy fantasy plays out there, but Trubisky is not one of them. Yeah, there were six straight punts in this game at one point, which does not equal uh, fantasy production at all. I... I, I will admit I saw the name Jeff Driscoll and I was like, oh, I didn't I I thought Ryan Finley was starting for the Bengals, but uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, turns out he's on the Lions he, now. I didn't realize he made it to Detroit, but hey, at least he's getting paid. Yeah. So speaking of another ugly game, the Chargers versus Raiders, it, it was mainly just ugly on the Chargers side. Like Philip Rivers threw approximately seventy five interceptions, but <laughs> All but two of them got called back. So Josh Jacobs is really coming into his own. I think Melvin Gordon is finally turning into his old self. So the running backs there are what you're expecting from them week in and week out. And at this point, I think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. I know that's not really fantasy related, but they don't have a particularly diff- difficult schedule down the stretch. They're playing well. Derek Carr... No, he's not great, but he's playing good enough to get them to where they are. Their offensive line is playing outstanding. Um, on the Going back to the Chargers, unfortunately, you haven't really gotten that 
boom game from Keenan Allen that you're still Waiting hoping on. for, <laughs> uh, that you got earlier in the year. But all in all, a, a fun game despite how ugly it was. And there, it, it sucks that the Raiders are moving from Oakland to Vegas. I really hope that fan base can travel quite a bit because you could I could feel the energy watching that game from the crowd yeah they they definitely always have an energy about them uh but I and we we can talk about normal football here like we I, can yeah I, I think we you can sure I mean fantasy is based in reality so this idea that the Raiders are gonna make the playoffs are you assuming that the bills are gonna just tank? At the end of this season, despite their easy schedule, no. Are you I, saying like Raiders are going to get the sixth seed over, well, probably like the Colts, the Titans, and the Steelers? I'm just listing off all those in the hunt graphic teams. I, it, this because all it, of the guys, all of the AFC teams in my mind are that are leading the division are going to end leading the division. The Texans, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Patriots. And so, well, maybe if the Andy Reid keeps fucking up. Uh, timeouts and and things like that then the Chiefs could really fuck things up but I I imagine the Chiefs will win their division and then you've got two wild card spots between like the Bills Raiders Chargers are in a real hole Steelers I don't know maybe I like the Steelers defense too much but none of that scares you no, none of it scares me. The Steelers' defense is what's carrying them. Mason Rudolph does not have what it takes to carry this team into the playoffs. He is throwing dump-off pass after dump-off pass. It is absolutely atrocious watching him play on Sunday. And the Raiders, they're playing well. Like, no, their defense is not outstanding, but their offense is pulling their weight. The defense is making enough plays, clearly, to put them in a position to win the game. The schedule, again, is is very easy. The Chiefs have some difficult games down the stretch. Like, they play the Chargers twice. You never know what's going to happen with that. They play the Patriots, who at this point are going to be the favorite in that game. And I, I still think the Bills will get in. I think the Raiders will fill in as that sixth spot. But why don't we move on to your shootout, which was a snowy one. Yeah, and I, I think that was the reason that this one didn't become a complete barn burner, uh, the snow keeping things fairly cool, but uh, I think it ultimately benefited the run game for Panthers and Packers with Christian McCaffrey getting his you know standard 20-plus points per game and Aaron Jones going off for three touchdowns, which we mentioned uh, given that Aaron Rodgers uh kind of suffered from that from a fantasy perspective so that's why this wasn't didn't end up being a a true shootout but I loved seeing Kyle Allen pad the stats for Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore in this game Curtis Samuel if you played him you got uh kind of bailed out by the touchdown uh but DJ Moore has a back-to-back 100 yard performances now I think the the touchdowns are just waiting to come in a fairly juicy schedule at the end of the year here so uh, DJ Moore, definitely still startable. And I think you can always consider Curtis Samuel in the flex uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think it will be interesting to see how this Panthers team ends the season. Obviously, a lot of people were expecting Cam Newton to come back at the end, but now he's on IR. So this is Kyle Allen's team for the rest mm-hmm. of the stretch. But DJ Moore is playing well. He's 
really breaking out and having a great he's been having a great past couple games and Christian McCaffrey's just doing Christian McCaffrey things like seventh straight game yeah. with a rushing touchdown is is unbelievable but uh Packers got a little lucky there but I I still believe in this team and Aaron Jones is an electric player it's exciting to see him get used in a way that McCarthy never could uh, fully exploit his potential. Used but not abused, right? Because yeah. I think I, I heard an argument over the weekend that Aaron Jones isn't getting enough run, and they've got like you know they're spelling him with Jamal Williams, but being that this being like you know we're all Packer fans here too, that we want to see Aaron Jones saved a little bit for the playoffs so he doesn't right. break down like Todd Gurley. So Do you I mean, want- you're still going to throw Aaron Jones out there every week, but. Um, Sometimes expectations can't get mad if he doesn't, you know, go off for more than three touchdowns and yeah. 100 plus yards. The one concerning bit I will note with Aaron Jones is in the two games that Devontae Adams has played since he returned from injury, Jones only has one reception in those two games and three total targets. So there is a slight concern. I'm not totally worried about it at this point, but. When Adams was out, they were splitting Jones out wide quite a bit and using him in the passing game. You look back to that Chiefs game where he had, I believe, two receiving touchdowns, and he might not have the extreme ceiling with the lack of receiving work, but obviously he's shown he can get it done on the ground. But why don't we move on to my player that I was looking for, and Unfortunately, this is a, a guy who could have been a candidate for a DiGiorno player, and that's yeah. Devin Singletary, who had 50 total yards and only three receptions. I'm still trusting him in my lineup the, the rest of the way going forward as at least a flex, potentially an RB2, because he's shown he has the explosiveness to take any catch or carry 40-plus yards and mm-hmm. make the most of his day in that sense. Yeah, I think that it, it's interesting you would consider him for, I mean, based on his numbers, a, a DiGiorno player, but I think part of it was because of the you know the situation that they were in, being in a close game with the Browns. I think their defense just happened to step up for once, and just the, the way the game flow went and the play calling got a little weird, because you only got eight rush attempts from Singletary, but he still averaged five over five yards per carry. And he got seven targets, but only three of them connected. So I think that that volume still bodes well, especially for a flex player. Exactly. And there are better days ahead for the Bills. Again, we've spoken ad nauseum in this episode about the upcoming schedule that they have. And hopefully they can turn it around and continue to trust Singletary with the ball. So I had a player that we will talk for talk about for a couple seconds here. I think he's a better candidate for a DiGiorno player just because he had a juicy matchup against these Dolphins, but these Dolphins are more competitive. And Zach Pascal filling in for uh, T.Y. Hilton had two receptions for 26 yards. Uh, yeah, I got bone. So <laughs> hopefully you didn't need to play him in your flex, but if you did, it's on to the next one, I think, because the Colts are turning out to be one of these teams, much like the Titans, where they will play up and down to whoever their competition is, and it doesn't help from a fantasy perspective. When T.Y. and Marlon Mack are out there, you got to roll those guys out. 
but Pascal, from just like a talent perspective, isn't there yet to be you know a complete replacement. I do think he might be worth holding on to, depending on again, depending on what your roster looks like, who's on the waiver wire. Because Brian Hoyer did start this game, he did not look like anything stunning. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett has played very well this year and certainly has exceeded expectations. So I think if Brissett is back next week, there are better days ahead for Pascal, but you certainly could move on from him if there are better options on the waiver wire. So let's look at week 11. And I'm going to start off with my matchup, which is going to be the Saints defense versus this Bucks offense. And obviously the Saints D had been one of the best in the league league uh, up to this point, but laid a big stinker against the Falcons <laughs> and somehow got exploited by a team that has not done much on offense all year. And meanwhile, Ronald Jones is starting to play like a bell cow. Now, the Bucks did sort of revert to old ways, and him and Barber split the load evenly as far as rushing attempts on Sunday. But Jones had a career high in receiving yards and receptions, so that was really the big thing holding him back from having a large ceiling was his work in the passing game. So this his work this past week may be the outlier it remains to be seen i think it would be great if they kept using him like that but i i want to see again if this bucks offense can continue to get other players involved like they got obviously got oj howard involved for mm-hmm. what seemed like the first time all year well, against the cardinals defense right so. <laughs> right and everyone notoriously bad against tight ends but i i like that you brought up his passing numbers and i think you know, based on what we heard from Arians that Ronald Jones is going to be the starter. He's, it's not like Peyton Barber's done anything wrong. It's Ronald Jones has just been more explosive. I think that that lends itself to him being continued to be used in the passing game because it's easier for a more explosive player to, you know, catch the ball and turn around it and bust the screen for a long play. And, and the fact that he got, what, eight receptions on eight targets is really a good sign for moving forward. I don't know why they would move away from that. But I could see, because Peyton Barber still got some reps in this game, that he can potentially steals touchdowns away from Jones because he was more like the, the goal line guy. Yeah, the last thing I'll mention is that Marshawn Lattimore is currently week-to-week, I believe, with a hamstring injury. So oh, that could open things up for this passing game. I think what we saw this past week with Godwin and Evans is more along the lines of sort of what I expect on a week-to-week basis. And... Because Godwin led the team at targets. He had 12 targets and only caught the ball six times. But he's more of the possession receiver type guy as opposed to Evans, who is the big play down the yeah. field receiver. Like He's getting big targets in the end zone and 40 yards down the field. And they, they ended up within 0.2 points of each other in half PPR. So um, I, good days for both... Decent, decent days decent for, days for, for both, both of them. I'm doing my Bucks offense dance over here because we talk about these guys every week because they just put up so many yards. But let's move on to a matchup I'm interested in and really to hear your opinion too, Sam, because Kyler Murray against the 49ers defense. Now, uh, I don't know what the 49ers D is doing right now, if they're regressing at all, but Murray put up 23 fantasy points on them in a four-point per passing touchdown league two weeks ago. 
and we think that this 49ers defense is elite. They're number two in fantasy scoring on the season, last I checked. And two weeks ago, they just got a lot of film on Kyler Murray against their own defense. So um, I'm a little cautious, just as I was cautious going into the first matchup. Do you, do you think that the 49ers will be able to adjust or that Kingsbury's ready to uh, unload some points on these guys? Yeah, I think that the Falcons... The Falcons. The, the car- <laughs> I love looking, the Falcons, too. Looking at some games a couple weeks ago. But I think Kyler Murray will be able to have just as good of a game. David Johnson didn't show anything this past week to have Kingsbury trust him whatsoever. True. Kenyon Drake, I think that was a bit of a flash in the pan with what happened with him a couple weeks ago. I don't think think he's just got the 49ers number and does it again. That'd be pretty insane. I think Kyler has the ability to show up again. He only threw the ball 24 times in that game against the 49ers, and that was the second lowest number of attempts on the year. What's surprising is he he isn't really doing it on the ground as much either as of late. Uh, After posting two games with at least 69 rushing yards in weeks three and five, he hasn't gotten more than 38 yards, which is what he had this past week. So he's still getting you two to three points on the ground, which is pretty good. I mean, it's most that more than most quarterbacks mm-hmm. at this point, but he he shows he's got a high ceiling and I think has a fairly decent floor, a, a good enough floor in which you're going to want to play him this upcoming week. All right. I, I appreciate you instilling confidence in me. Now let's move to uh, your shootout where you should probably have confidence in starting basically every player in this game. Yes, I cannot wait for the Ravens versus the Texans. It is... Offensive firepower up the wazoo. Two MVP candidates facing off. They really should flex this game into Sunday Night Football and get rid of the disappointing Bears and the abhorrent Rams at this point. But this game is going to be awesome. I have a feel like there's a 1% probability part of me that this game just totally disappoints and it's like 13 to 10. And it's just one of those games where like you expect it to be high scoring and it just doesn't happen. I hope it does because I have been one of the biggest Lamar stands in the world and want him to go off again. But neither of these defense, the Ravens defense has been playing a lot better as of late with the, the addition of Marcus Peters but this Texans defense, again, obviously losing J.J. Watt, not, not having Jadavian Clowney for the whole season, they they can be exploited. And I, I just think these teams are going to go back and forth. Touchdown on uh, touchdown. Like, Hopkins is going to have a big game. Uh, <laughs> Still's going to have a big game. Darren Fells on the Ravens side, the all the tight ends, they got like 40 of them. Uh, Marquise Brown hopefully can, can have a bounce back game too. So... Uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. and Yeah. Hopefully... As you're talking about it, I'm thinking about the Ravens' defense really just put one on the Bengals, and I'm like, okay, what if what if Jimmy Smith shuts down Hopkins? This isn't good. <laughs> uh, so it'll <laughs> be interesting put, to see. Let's stop putting this, these bad vibes out. This game's going to be 49-56. to 56. This is honestly going to be – there's more hype, got to be more hype around this now because we're later in the season than even Texans-Chiefs in Week 6, don't you think? Um, there there was definitely a lot more hype around Texans 
not Texans, Chiefs, uh, Rams, Chiefs. I'm all over the place today. But well, Rams, Chiefs last year. Yes. Yeah. But I'm saying Texans, Chiefs played this year. Oh. And that's already, you know, you don't even remember it happening. So no, I don't. I, Texans, Ravens, it, it's great to see that this is a, you know, a, a marquee matchup. So my shootout, I'll mention it quickly. I was almost going to pick the Bucks again, but I'm glad that uh, Sam already covered Bucks, Saints. I'm looking at Patriots Eagles. Could this be a repeat of Super Bowl 52, where it was 41 to 33 Eagles? Both teams had a bye last week. Uh, the Patriots show that their defense is beatable by the Ravens. So if the if the Eagles are gonna you know come back to Super Bowl potential form, uh, can Peterson have made some adjustments over the week? put in some option plays for Wentz and some, you know, those classic RPOs that are going to exploit this defense. Plus, uh, Tom Brady being still not over the Super Bowl loss from two years ago. This came out recently today. Uh, So I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on this game as well and potential for um, some high scores. Yeah, this team could be... Just ready to lay a pounding on someone just after they <laughs> after they got, got exposed by the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, I, it, I agree. It, it'll be, I, I think, a huge bounce back game for the Patriots. But who knows? Maybe the Eagles actually like do what we were expecting them to do all season and like show think, up and have a competent offense. I think we're either gonna be like, wow, the Patriots are exactly what they've been every year, and it's fucking stupid because they're so damn good. Or we're going to be like, this Patriots offense is inept and they can't do like anything that they used to be able to do. Because I think you know people have been worried about Tom Brady versus time. And I think every throw I've seen him throw to Julian Edelman, Edelman has to dive for it because he's so <laughs> freaking gritty. But uh, it, it'll be interesting. I, I would love to see one of those two narratives come through. How flex this game into the Sunday Night Football. Just yeah, that would be even the better. Dude, when do they... We don't know when they start flexing games, but they, they should start sh- flexing games now. They should start flexing games in week one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got two players to talk about. Well, yeah. One that was mentioned already. Mine is connected to this game, uh, the game, the Super Bowl that you mentioned, actually. And that's Nick Foles, who is returning as the starter. I, I'm curious to see how he distributes the targets. Obviously, we only saw a couple quarters of play from him to start the season. It will D.D. Westbrook be the guy that we thought from the preseason? Will D.J. Chark continue to be one of the league's top receivers? I, this Colts defense doesn't scare me whatsoever, even with, yeah. especially with the Dolphins exploiting them a couple of times this past week. It's, it's good to know that Marone announced Foles as the starter like literally before the buys, before, so he's got like time as to... they were going to the buys, so there was there wasn't any of this confusion and will he or won't he? <laughs> yeah, sort of bullshit going on. So I think Foles is ready. I think he'll be able to potentially take this team to maybe another level, and I, I'm really excited just to see because again, we only saw a couple quarters of him. We don't know if he's worth this boatload of money that the Jags paid for him. Yeah, I think this is a good matchup for him to start with, so it'll give us a good, you know, litmus test of where he's at. Uh, the player that I'm looking at is Jared Cook. I think this is an interesting tight end streamer for you all this week, and I'm excited to play him over OJ Howard in uh, my own league of record. 
just because, you know, O.J. Howard did have a good game, but I'm not buying into that back-to-back weeks <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> I think that we all know that the Bucks' defense allows for these shootout matchups because they've been so bad against the pass, and that includes tight ends going downfield. Jared Cook is one of those uh, types of tight ends that likes to get downfield. He saw 10 targets last week, which was tied for second on the team with Alvin Kamara and obviously uh, behind Michael Thomas. Uh, and against this defense, I just think it's a, a really good option, especially because you know, the last two games that Cook was on the field, um, or no, the past three weeks he's been active, he's had double-digit points and half PPR. So I think that's uh, trend-worthy enough to warrant the start. He's certainly got some streaming appeal this week. He's not, I don't think he's the best option out there, but if you're really in a tight pinch, he, he could be valuable for you. Again, had a couple of touchdowns in each of the games before he missed a couple of games due to the injury. So he's always got that upside. Hopefully Breeze can turn it around and actually exploit this terrible defense because if he doesn't, then I'd start getting concerned about... yeah the Saints offense. Well, but. and it's more likely because we know Bucks are bad at pass defense, better at rush defense, that if they're going to score touchdowns in this game, that they're going to be to, you know, Michael Thomas, Kamara through the air, or exactly. or I think Cook. So I think it's a good option. And I mean, you're looking at him or you're looking up picking up Kyle Rudolph, thinking that he's going to score again when he scored like four touchdowns in the past four weeks. So uh, you can flip a coin on that one if you want. Um, but that is all we have for you guys today. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. You can always give us feedback, uh, at our Twitter handles at Andrew Mackins at Sam Hoppin at Garnther. And of course the, uh, namesake Twitter at pod after TD. We will see you guys in week 12. The kick is good.